You're listening to The Pastor Pod, sharing what we're learning to help you lead well in our culture today. This podcast is hosted by pastors Josh Robinson and Jay Mudd. Their goal is to be real, transparent, and let you in on what pastors really think about stuff. Well, welcome back to The Pastor Pod. We're so glad you're with us for another episode. We're on episode 66, and here with my co-host and good friend Jay Mudd, who is actively in a very busy season. So we're going to get into that today. This is a great podcast if you're jumping in or you're new to us. Uh, Pastor Pod's all about uh, real, honest, transparent conversation. So we're going to have one of those today. I think Jay's going to get really real today about some uh, things going on in their family. (laughs) Yeah, I can't wait to hear uh, and be able to share this with the the Podverse. Uh, The Podverse. That's even a word. It's funny that you uh, you say it that way. You say it as if I'm gonna like, you know, open up some big can of secrets or something like that. Like I'm gonna be, yeah, I don't know where this is going, Josh. So uh, sure, uh, Josh, you doing okay uh, on the island, Venice yeah, Beach man. Island? Yeah, uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed my trip down there a couple weeks ago. I enjoyed spending some time with you and uh, the Bridge Church, and mm-hmm. man, you got some good people. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of I gotta give a shout out to all the Bridge people who listen to the podcast. A lot of people came up and shared that they listen to the podcast, and uh, my favorite comment of all is, you know, uh, I they said, you know, you sounded taller on the podcast. Uh, that's what's <laughs> no. <laughs> you sound taller. Your How does voice a voice sound? Yeah, voices sound. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, there's a lot. We love having you at the bridge. If you haven't had a chance, if you want to hear a great sermon, go back to January 22nd. So we're going through the book of James right now, and you did a great job on the message. And it was no favorites allowed. Have you? No, we don't play favorites in the kingdom of God. We love everybody. I think we need to be pretty relevant here. This is a podcast we're recording here on February 1st. It won't drop until February 3rd. But today, Josh, we need to be relevant. The GOAT, one of the best quarterbacks we'll probably ever, ever, ever see, says he retires for the second time. For the second uh, time. <laughs> actually, it's I appreciate, for real this time. I appreciate his Twitter message. He says, you only get one emotional long speech, and I, I did that last year. Um, <laughs> I appreciated that. I was like, all right, Tom, I got to give you some points back. Um, he give you actually, a shout-out for that one. Yeah. Give me a shout-out for that, Tom. So, hey, but, the, the you know, uh, I saw another interesting, interesting post that gave um, some – quarterbacks or some other uh nfl players and how old they were in his rookie season Mm -hmm. and um you know here in florida i gotta you know trevor lawrence was six months old when tom brady started playing football yeah six months it's impressive that is that is something else mom and dad mr Mm -hmm. mrs lawrence holding their little baby Mm -hmm. and going you're Mm -hmm. gonna play tom brady one day trevor Nope. What a guy. (laughs) What a guy. I know a lot of people are like, you know, they don't like Tom Brady for different reasons, but you know, just, just looking at his performance in the field, he, he's going to go down as the, the goat of quarterbacks. I think it's not even close because of all he's accomplished, but I got to watch him this last year play for the bucks. They, they came back and beat the saints. That was a cool, cool game. Really, really, really really good. Just want to let you know, just want to let you know I was there. I saw I the goat, and I did. I did let out some goat noises throughout the game. What's a goat sound like, Josh? We all want to know. More of a sheep. But. You know, I he was in he was in New England many of the years I was there, and I had multiple opportunities to go see him. Actually, I had free tickets given to me, but I have never been to see Tom Brady. I've actually never been to. I've never never been to an NFL game. Hmm. 
Never been to an NFL game. Uh, NBA, yes. NBA, uh, I mean, uh, MLB, yes. Hockey, yes. But not, uh, no NFL. They're just too priced. They're priced too high. NFL is just too expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyhow. All right. Anyhow, we can get into business now. I just thought it was very interesting. We should, mm-hmm. whoa, we should uh, make sure that we take some time to um, acknowledge what took place today in history. All right. That being said, Josh, what do we got going on? So we're we're starting a new series for the month of February on the local church. And, you know, last last month we talked a lot about the heart of the leader. So we talked through uh, how important it is to to seek health and health, healthy relationships and prayer and uh, being healthy in all the different areas of our life. And so today we're going to we're going to jump into really what does it mean to start a new church and uh, what, what does it look like to start a church? What, why do we start churches? Uh, this, of course, could be multiple episodes, so we won't go into every detail. But, Jay, um, not everybody knows what's going on in your life and, and what God's been put on your heart this last year to uh, to take a step of faith to to start a new church. And so I kind of wanted to, you to share an update with, with everybody, but then let's kind of dig in and uh, let's yeah. go over kind of what's the process for you know, when you're praying about planting a church and, and starting a new work and, and what are some of the big milestones that you need to take to, to get there and, and, and oh. to get it going and, and get people connected. So, uh, catch us up. Yeah, we'll do our best to keep this one a short one there, Josh. Uh, know. you know, and, and again, I don't want to paint the picture that I'm the only one who knows Josh, you, you've, uh, you planted a campus. Um, uh, mm-hmm. so that's just very much church planting. We don't underestimate what that means to, to plant a campus. It's, very much you started uh you know in a, in a new area doing a new work um but yeah my family and i we we uh we have been praying for a while um really about next steps as many of you know on the podcast i planted a church uh, in 2016 um in metro west boston uh milestone church uh, shout out to anybody listening from milestone love milestone church always will uh, have a deep, deep heart for Boston and uh, my friends there in Boston, my community there in Boston, uh, a lot of friends there, not even all are connected to the church, many connected to the community. We can talk about that later as well. But um, and then from there, you know, God showed us some uh, amazing opportunities to plant multiple churches uh, throughout, uh, you know, the, the New England area. And when I say that, one of them was a campus, one of them was an autonomous church, two of them were autonomous churches. And, um, and so, uh, all of them, uh, except for the campus. So, um, being real and transparent, the campus, uh, during COVID did not make it as well as we would like it to, to, to go. And so, um, that is still in the works and still working through that. Um, and so, um, but yeah, we had the joy of doing that and we moved back to central Florida in 2022. Uh, we were taking, we took on a role as a teaching pastor and church planning catalyst at, a local church in Claremont. And during that time, Josh, uh, we just prayed and we were never really settled. And uh, it really was a shocking to us. We, 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 you know, believe that, you know, we're always trying our best to listen to God and follow God's leading. And uh, through that, uh, the church, I was my, one of my roles there at the church was to help them to identify areas of church plant and mobilize church planters to do, do it. And uh, uh, we found ourselves in a spot where we found Holly and I found ourselves really wanting to always go back and visit this one area we had located that we wanted to, that the church wanted to plant a church. And, uh, while we were there, uh, it was almost instantly God spoke to Holly and I and said, Hey, uh, you're actually the ones I want to plant. 
So we worked with the leadership there in uh, church at South Lake in Claremont, uh, the church I, I was serving at, uh, serving as our, our faithful sending church uh, is going to send us out. And we're going to plant a new church, uh, Village Point Church in the New Horizon West area of West, uh, the kind of the Metro West area of Orlando. I guess I have a thing with Metro West areas. Yeah, you um, like the West Side. I do. I like the West Side, uh, West Side <laughs> of town. Uh, cause that's where I always end up, but it's a new area, uh, South of winter garden technically is, you know, the address says winter garden, uh, but it's kind of an unincorporated area of winter garden. It doesn't really fall under the, under the camp of winter garden or Windermere. Mm -hmm. It's kind of, it's weird spot, but anyhow, mm -hmm. very new and developing all under construction. We're pretty excited about the opportunity. So we're in the midst of, uh, the chaos of, uh, didn't see this one coming. Uh, we bought a house when we moved here. Now we're having to sell a house. Because we got to go live in the area. Um, and so lots of fun things juggling right now. But that's kind mm -hmm. of the really the story. That's kind of the the unpacking of where we've been at the last six months of our life is praying and navigating. And um, if, I, if, if I'm being completely honest, I can say I didn't see this one coming. Uh, there's a lot of people who said they did see. Josh, you might even have said you saw something like this coming. Uh, you might have been one. I can't remember if it was you or our friend Bob Bumgarner, who's mm -hmm. uh, one of our one of our good friends and uh, mentors mm -hmm. to us in Jacksonville. Um, they just saw me being uh, something different than a teaching pastor. But hey, here we are, uh, and that's kind of where we're at, Josh. Well, it's exciting. I mean, I I think going back to kind of you transitioning back to Florida, which to a great church, you great friends there, great people. And the more that we talked, you know, your, your heart is to coach and help leaders and churches yes. be healthy. But, but when you really, when you really pull back the layers of who Jay Mudd is and how God has, you know, wired you, gifted you, uh, you're good at starting things and building them. And, and it ha you have a real heart for people that are far from God and really, you're you're not a maintainer. You're not someone that just like wants to roll into a you know a position or a place and kind of go like, all right. So what's 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 kind of the norm here? What what kind of, what's the least I can do, and just kind of coast, you know? Like, <laughs> and, I, and to even say that out loud sounds really bad, but believe it or not, uh, there are people in this world that they're cool with that. Like, they really don't have any aspirations to challenge or change or try new things. Though. So you're not you're, you're not wired that way. And, no, and I, I, and I, I relate, I, I would relate to you, <laughs> but I, you know, hearing your heart for Orlando and hearing all, all that God's doing in that area, you know, it was not a surprise to me that, that right, you right. shared that. I think even last fall, well, I think it was, when was the last, you'd, you'd come in, uh, you came in August and, and did a men's night for our church. And, and we talked a little bit then. And I yeah. think even when we had uh, Holly on the podcast, maybe that was last year sometime as well. Yeah. Uh, just you both just kind of just express like you just love to plant and reach people and be a part of right. that messy process of not, you know, that it's a step of faith. It's, it's a, it's a gift of faith. It's a desire to see God do a new work. Um, you know, pl planting a church isn't a new idea, right? But it's, no. but it's, uh, it's following the spirit of God as he opens doors to, to plant the gospel, to plant a church where, where people can be reached and discipled and sent out. And so I'm real excited for you. Um, I know that there's a lot of work ahead. There's already been a lot of work. And, and so I kind of want us to just unpack a little bit, you know, yeah. whether, whether those that are listening are like, man, I, I really don't know what goes into planning a church it, or maybe you are a church planner, or maybe you've done it for uh, years and years. You know, is it as simple as you got to buy some chairs and find a place and then, you know, get someone with a guitar and someone that can throw a little sermon together and maybe you have some coffee. I mean, is it, is church planning just a, you know, is it, 
because I do think people have misconceptions about it. Uh, so let's talk about that. It, it, is church planning as simple as planning a service and trying to get as many people to sit in the seats? Or I know that's a terrible example, but talk to us about that because I think some people misunderstand what it really means. Um, and yeah. so what's the heart of church planning? What, what What's the real reason that God has called you to plan a new work? Right. And, and so I'll, 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 I'll do, I want to, I want to comment on something you said, and then we'll get there. One thing you said is that really my heartbeat is to coach and to really support leaders. I really do love doing that. Um, still get the opportunity to do that. Still going to partner with church South Lake to plant churches. So I didn't leave them high and dry. I want to make sure I'm clear on that. Love uh, the leadership there and their, their support of wanting to see churches planted. Um, this past Sunday, we we took some time to celebrate at the church that this is what we're doing as a church, capital C church. We're working together. Um, now, Josh, to your question of like, you know, does it take just getting some chairs, a guy with a guitar? Um, can I, I'm just going to be honest. I'm going to be transparent. One of the, one of the worst questions, one of the, the hardest questions for me to field as a church planter is where are you going to meet? Um, because in my mind, when I hear that question many times, that is what people, that's what their minds go to when they're thinking, mm -hmm. they're thinking, okay, you got to find a place. You got to get some chairs. You got to get a worship team. You got to, you know, gather people and that's what you're going to do to start a church. Um, I really believe that is the biggest misconception, one of the biggest misconceptions of what it comes down to starting a church. Um, I think about the area we're moving to in Horizon West and everything is under construction. People get are getting, they get excited about anything new that is taking place, right? There's celebrations that, hey, there's a new Dunkin' Donuts. Hey, there might be more gas stations. Um, hey, you know, this is coming in, that's coming in. Oh, we're excited. There might be this coming in. Like literally this community is so new that um, I, <laughs> Josh, there's, there's like 10 gas pumps for 60 plus thousand people that live in that area, right? It's like, there's only one gas station right now. It just hasn't been developed enough. Like the people are moving there faster than they can catch up with the developing, um, which is exciting for a church planner and exciting for somebody who wants to go in and plow ground and do some things. But the first thing on our mind is not often, where are we going to meet? Because we're starting with we're starting with the church service versus the church, being the church and in the community, working in the community. I think many times when we think of church planning, we 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 miss the idea of the missiology, uh, the study of a people group, the study of a community, the study of an area. Uh, we've broken our our church church planning uh, journey into phases. All right. Uh, something we all got from COVID is we've learned how to do things in phases. And so I broke my church planning journey into phases. And phase one is simply fundraising and missiology. My focus here is the missiology part. Uh, when we planted in Boston in 2016, we moved there in 2015. And by accident, by accident, because I didn't have any formal training on church planting. I didn't take any classes in Bible college or seminary. Um, I was just a pastor who had a heart to see people's lives transformed in an unreached area. I moved to the area, and uh, for the first year we were there, so this is one full year of us living in Boston, we never once held a worship gathering. We never once had a time where we got a guy with a guitar, put some chairs out. We got some small group things that happened in homes and things like that, but we we got into that community and learned the community whether it was coaching softball or it was being active on some town events and in the community and meeting people and building relationships with people. I tell people all the time, uh, Josh, when, when, when the time comes that we're going to 
open the doors for a worship service. We'll have chairs and a worship team and things like that. When that time comes and there's a flag out by the road that says Village Point Church, I don't want people to drive by or look at it and go, oh, there's another church there. I want people to drive by and go, hey, I've met people that go to that church, and they're good people. We should go check it out. That's what I want people to know. I want people, I want the community to go, wait, I've heard of them. I've met them. I've talked to them. That's the church being active in the community. You see, we're not starting with the the end. The end goal is, yes, to build a, a group of people who gather for worship regularly. That's important. I'm not under, I don't want to downplay that. I don't want anybody, I don't want any hate mail, any pastors to go, well, look, don't forsake the gap. I get it. And I know that and I'm not undermining what the scripture says. That is very, very true. But when you start a new work in a developing community, that everything is new, everything – and listen, space is going to be hard to find anyway in a community like that. The church can still be actively the church without having to put out chairs and get a guy with a guitar. We can still meet together. Yeah. We can meet together regularly. We can have Bible study. We can worship, but we don't have to do it in the context or maybe what a church looks mm-hmm. like. Um, and so I say that to say, uh, when you ask those questions about those beginning stages, that's kind of where we're at. We're learning the community. Mm-hmm. You got to learn who those people are, who you, who are you going to be rubbing shoulders yeah. with? Who lives there? That's the yeah. missiology part. What, how do they think? How do they process? You know, mm-hmm. what, what, what makes the community tick? Um, mm-hmm. and then develop your strategy and your plan of how you're going to reach those people. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So those, those are kind of the beginning stages, but I think that question, I get it asked all the time. Where are you going to meet at? Have you figured out what you're going to meet? You got a mm-hmm. building. Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. are the number one questions I get, and those are the questions that are hardest for me to answer. Not because, uh, in a some in some ways, I'm like, okay, we're missing the point. But the other times, mm-hmm. um, it's just I don't know if we process properly what it means to plant a church. Yeah, that's good. So, so planting a church is planting the gospel before you have a gathering. It's what I'm hearing. You you go serve the people. You build relationship. As you develop your core team or your lunch team or whatever you want to call them, correct? With a, with, with, and they have a heart that is missional. They're out in the community. They're connecting in the sports fields. They're at the they're at the restaurants. They're at the you know at the grocery store. They're at Publix and they're investing, loving, sharing, and, and inviting people to come to their small group or whatever gathering you have uh, with a, with an intention that you want to launch strong. But your goal is not just to have a service and just expect people to show up. Well, again, I think a lot of churches do this, and again, it's not a negative thing. So nothing I'm saying is negative. There's no, it's not the right way or the wrong way to plan a mm-hmm. church. Uh, and, and there are churches who can go, hey, we're going to take 250 people from our church, and we're going to go plant them over here, mm-hmm. and they're going to start worship gatherings, and they're automatically going to have something to invite people to. There's nothing wrong with that, and that happens, and, and churches are successful at doing it all the time. So. Do not hear me saying. I want to be clarify what I am saying here. I am, I am saying those things are not wrong. It's not wrong mentality to do it. But what I have found from my experience with hanging out with church planners, being around church planners, um, especially in a place like Boston, where uh, there's a lot of uh, hard ground to plow. Mm-hmm. Longevity of that. What happens is what you start with what you plant with the DNA of the church from the very beginning becomes the DNA of the church long-term. And so if you start with the mentality of, Hey, we're going to meet together and worship, and we're just going to invite people to come worship with us. 
many times we miss the opportunity. I think church planning is an opportunity to maybe turn the needle a little bit, and, and especially when it comes to what it means to live missionally, live on mm-hmm. mission. Um, I believe the church and as a whole, this is as a whole, this is not picking a one church or another church as a whole. We've gotten to a point as a church where sometimes we, we, we take the easy road when it comes to uh, when it comes to what it looks like to be on mission and living on mission. We say, hey, just come to the church with me. Um, mm-hmm. That's our only avenue of missional living versus the, the, the relationship part. Of hey, I'm gonna intentionally. I, Josh, I remember being in Boston, and and I might even have said this on my podcast before, and, and year, and you know, in the years we've been doing this. Believe it or not, we've been doing this for a little while now, Josh. Yeah. But <laughs> my neighbors would come out of their house, and I would fly out of my seat wherever it's at. Right, I see him in the window, and my wife would be like, "All right, he's gonna go talk to the neighbors," because I'd fly out of my seat, and I'd have something, something, quote unquote, something to do. I had to rake yard. some leaves or something. I had to rake some leaves. I had to go brush off the thing. And, <laughs> oh, hey, hey, neighbor, how oh, are hey. you? How you doing? I'm glad you. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I developed an interest in gardening when I was in Boston, not because I like gardening or want to garden, but my neighbor was a gardener, so I'd mm-hmm. ask questions all the time. He was also a chemist. Awesome guy. Awesome mm-hmm. guy. Um, but. That is the idea of what it looks like, or I'm intentionally going to, I'm going to intentionally coach a sport because I want to build relationships. I'm going to intentionally do this, potentially go to the same place and do this because I want to, we have an opportunity as church planning to re-engage and reignite that part of the believer Mm -hmm. um, that sometimes gets lost. And again, please hear me. Mm -hmm. I'm not knocking any pastors listening to this, but sometimes get lost Mm -hmm. when we get into the comfortable uh, mm-hmm. you know, nature of the church because the church is, um, mm-hmm. you know, we have, we have all these activities and festive, the church does the legwork of saying, Hey, just come and see versus right. mobilizing the church to be in, in, in the community. So it's a both end, right? You have, you eventually will have a launch gathering where you have worship and you have, of course, you know, all those fun ways to connect people. So it's, so it's both. And, but I think what you're, what you're getting at is the heartbeat of the church is we're for this community. We are here to serve, invest, reach. If everybody that's a part of Village Point up to that point is living on a mission like you are, are trying to emulate, like whether it's your neighbors, who you go to play ball with, who you work with, that you're sharing with them, you're sharing your testimony, you're loving them, you're caring for them. That's what impacts people through life-on-life relationships, and that multiplies. Right. right? And, and, and yes, invite them into the body, invite them to this worship service that will, you know, meet them where they're at in the gospel's central. The Bible is clearly taught that we worship God. And there's a picture of a gathering that points people to Jesus, but that's not the end in of itself, because I do think there is, I've been a part of different church planning trainings and I've been a part of different conferences, just like you, Jay, where, where, you know, we kind of split those up. Like, well, this side's the kind of the the missional people, you know, we talked about this a while back, or like, those are the people that, you know, they do it this way, and then we do it this way. And yeah, there's all types of ways to do it. But I think at the very heart of it, when you study the book of Acts, you know, they, they, they followed the spirit of God where God had led them. And even times that they said, don't go this way, go that way. And, right. and they would go to a place, they would develop leaders, they'd serve the community, they, they would plant the gospel, uh, through the local body of believers. And of course they would gather and worship and they would be meet in homes and they'd eat and they'd, you know, discuss the Bible, but the church was exploding because everyday Christians didn't look at the pastor as the professional. 
and I'm going to bring you to church because he'll tell you about Jesus, but I have no idea how to do it. Right. Versus, yes, you're going to hear it if you, you come and sit with me, you know, come, come to church with me, but hey, let's go to lunch after, or hey, come to my house tonight because I'm going to share my testimony and I want to talk to you about what God's done in my life. It's both and, but I do feel like uh, when you plant a new church like you're doing, you have such an opportunity to plant that that heartbeat and tell people like, listen, like we don't have a building. We don't have a huge budget. We don't, we don't, you know, we don't have X, Y, Z. So, you know, we have, we have the gospel, we have people and we have a passion to reach people. And and that is something that more established churches are trying to get back because sometimes you get, it gets kind of, uh, you know, stable and, uh, and in the sense of stable, maybe kind of plateaued because, you know, we're just running programs and just keeping things rolling. So, I love that new churches reach new people a lot more effectively sometimes than than established churches is what most stats say. Well, and also I will tell you this from experience. So the moment milestone in Boston when we planted in 2016, the moment we got a building, so a regular meeting space, it shifted. Some of the heartbeats shifted, especially from those who have experience with that going, okay, now we don't have to. There's something to be said about, hey, look, all hands on deck. Josh, you know this all too well. You're a a 20 plus year old church plant that still sets up and tears down. And Josh is like, Mm -hmm. I'm ready to be done with that. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think after 20 years, I can understand that. I wasn't here that long, but you've been here 20 years. There has, I've met people at the bridge church who've been there 20 years, but -hmm. there is something beautiful to be said about that. There is something beautiful to be said about laboring together to produce something. Um, Because there's, you know, the person who sits out those seats on a Sunday, especially at the Bridge Church right now, strategically having to figure out how to put all the chairs together and fit them in the Mm -hmm. room. And, you know, you've got some staff people with you. Yes, you have a staff that works diligently to oversee it, but you have some hardcore people who work you know, Monday through Friday type jobs. Um, They may work Tuesday through Saturday. I don't know, but Mm -hmm. Monday through Friday type jobs that come to set up chairs, to work in kids ministry, to, you know, Mm -hmm. do all these things. And they do it portably. Mm -hmm. There's something beautiful about the church who says we're not dependent on brick and mortar Mm -hmm. to extend the gospel to somebody. Yeah, I think there's an, again, I use the word reignite something that's in there because I believe as the Holy Spirit works in our life, especially as a believer, have you ever hung around a new believer? When you hang around a new believer, they, they are the most excited, the most Mm -hmm. like, oh, I got to tell somebody. I want to tell somebody. Mm -hmm. Why? Because it's fresh. It's new. That's the igniting that you go, hey, that's what it's all about when you come to a church plant um, and you're part of this new thing that's happening. Mm -hmm. Again, I want to reemphasize what is it like when someone goes and you put a flag out by the road because you're holding your first worship service and they say, man, I know those people. Mm-hmm. That's a powerful That's, statement. That to me is the testimony you're looking for mm-hmm. as a church plant because yeah. you're saying, hey, I know the church. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know this brick and mortar place, this school that they're going to meet in. That doesn't matter because I know the people, the mm-hmm. church. That's who I know. That's mm-hmm. what we're looking for. That's what we're longing for. So, you know, seven, eight, nine, 10, 12 months from now, when we, when we, when we do that and we start holding those interests, you know, those preview service or whatever, that's the hope. That's the prayer is that people know Village Point well before. Mm-hmm. So tell we us a little did. bit about that. Just give us the basics. So if I'm, if I'm new to this idea yeah. of, of planting a church, how long do you kind of build this team and, and do outreach? And then when do you kind of plan to start having some, you know, interest meetings, what does that mean? And yeah. then uh, wh- when do you go public? Like where you are like 
really inviting people, not just to church, but you know, you're, you're publicly there. You got the flag out there. You got, you know, everything laid out to where you're ready to care for the families that come, you know, you're ready to plug people into groups and, and, and get them involved. Yeah. So what I would say is this, is there's, there's, there's kind of a, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have been a better planner here for the podcast. But if you're listening to this, you're not going to know anyway. But picture a W, Josh. Okay, picture me. Picture with me a W. Right? You have uh, the long, the long line, and then the kind of triangle, the middle, two short lines, and then the long line. I work this this mentality of, and I can't remember where I've where this came. And this may not even be accurate. I might have adjusted it for something else. So somebody's got to take credit for it. If you're listening to this and you taught me this. Uh, I give you credit. All right. I give you credit. I just don't know who it was. Okay. Along the line, sometimes that happens. So, but there's this idea where you, you go, Hey, look, we're going to have some key things that we're going to be involved in and we're going to work our W. So we're going to start here at the top of the long line and we're going to go down. Then when we get to the bottom, there's going to be something there and then we're going to go up. There's going to be a mid-level type thing. And then another small group type thing. And then another big type uh, of, of event. So here's what we're doing, Josh. And I can tell you right now, just our timeline. We just, announced and said hey we're going like publicly going to start this thing in january so march 4th so now we have january february march so you got you know two months down the road we have found we've done some research we've done some missiology we've figured out in our community hey there's actually um an event we can be a part of in the community we're not hosting it we're not in charge of it we're just participating in it um, and, and most cities and areas have things like this. And so we're going to participate in this event. Um, mm-hmm. for us, we, we, we had to, you know, we got a couple, we got a little bit of supplies. We ordered a tent. Uh, my daughter was joking with me. She says, dad, are we getting our 10 by 10? Cause she knows that like, usually the, one of the first things we're going to buy as a church plan is that 10 by 10. Cause wherever we're at, we can put the 10 mm-hmm. by 10 by up. It says, Hey, you know, we're, we're around, you know, that it identifies us as like, this is a place where, uh, there's some people from the church. Um, so we, we ordered that. We're going to give away some balloons. We're going to give us some inf- information about an interest meeting mm-hmm. that's going to take place in March. So, again, you, it's a sure. comeback event. It's a comeback event. So leading up to that, um, we announced to the church, uh, uh, church of Southlake that we're going to be uh, starting this church, and there's an interest meeting in February. So we already have our first interest meeting before we ever do the event. Then we have the event. Then we're going to have another comeback. So we're going to buy anybody there. Now, that second interest meeting, the first one's going to be more of like, you know, nuts and bolts. Sit in a room with some people who are most likely believers who are going to want to interested in being a part of it. Now, we've established there's a handful of different ways you can be a part of it. You can be a part of the prayer team, support team, and core team. This mobilizes the church. So if you are sweet and a little bit maybe um, more, more, um, yeah, you know, older and not able to, you know, maybe get out there and do what you want to do, but you're like, Hey, I can pray. We have a prayer team. There's that involves prayer walking and involves prayer, uh, you know, mm-hmm. emphasis every day of the week. We're gonna have people praying a support team is going to come down and help with some events. They can't live in the area. They're just going to, they're going to be able to travel in for a day, but the core team, I mean, being very honest, the core team, they need to be, they need to be in it. Like that's your core. That's your people you're locking arms with. These are the people mm-hmm. that are are willing. They say, Hey, um, and yeah, this is going to be the ask. So if you're listening to this and you're coming to the interest meeting, you're getting a little sneak preview, but here's the ask. If you're renting right now, are you willing to, when your lease expires to find a place to rent in the area where we're planting this church? That's the core team. You're going to come live and rub shoulders with the people we're going to be ministering to. Yeah. Um, are you willing to, to, to get yourself there? Do you already live in the area? 
those are the mm-hmm. types of people we're looking for for the core team. And that's really going to be one of the little defining moments is how we got to grow that core team. When we have a core team uh, between 50 and 65 people, that's when we start thinking. That's the first time we can start thinking about launching. Right. 50 to 60 type people of a core team. First mm-hmm. time we can even think about launching. Right. Um, And so that's that's kind of the mentality. So what we're doing, though, is the second interest meeting is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be more of a casual dessert, coffee, because this could have a mix of people who are Christians and, Lord willing, people who do not know Jesus. Because that's mm-hmm. who we want. That's who our target is, and mm-hmm. we want them to show interest. Like, okay, church, I, I can I can check this out. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna have something along the lines of like some coffee, some dessert, some things like that. Have a time where people that we've identified that are Christians can mingle and talk and build relationships, and then I can share on a much briefer level about who we are. We're a church, and this is what it means mm-hmm. to be a church plan. Mm-hmm. And here's some foundational things that we do. And mm-hmm. if you're really interested in in this and want to take some more steps, here's the next thing. The next, uh, you know, it meeting you yeah. can come to. At the same time, there's an additional event that we're working on. So we're working on our second event that I'm not at liberty right now to say anything about, but we're working on our second event in the community that we can be a part of. Again, it's supporting the community. I met with one of the community leaders. They work for a magazine, and I said, "I'm the kind of guy who wants to make the community better. I want to know. I'm I'm not here to necessarily create anything." I want to know how I can come alongside of you and support you and this community to make it a better place. Mm-hmm. And I, it took her by surprise. She stepped back and she said, I, I don't hear that very often. And I think that's the difference between who mm-hmm. we want to be and maybe those that are already in the community. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the work at work. So you, you work from some major things in the community to interest meetings, to core team meetings, back to an interest meeting, back to uh, something else. And so you kind of work this W and you keep working the W and it doesn't always have to be an event in the community. It could be something you do produce and it's maybe in a neighborhood versus a bigger community event. Uh, One of the things we're working on right now is something called village parties because Horizon West has five identified little village. So kind of doing village parties in these villages to kind of do something. Um, And it could be, hey, if we have somebody who lives in that village, let's throw a barbecue Mm -hmm. at your house invite all your neighbors over and let's just go mingle. There may not be a presentation for the church, mm-hmm. but they start going, I've met about 10 people here from this village point church. It says mm-hmm. something. Does that make sense? That's good stuff. So you you have a ministry called village people ministry, right? The village people ministries. That's right. Uh, <laughs> no, um, I love, I love how you're thinking, right? You're thinking. And really, I think, I think like you said earlier, it's the idea of missiology. If, if you're like, what's missiology? It's a study is, it's the study of missions of, of studying a people group, studying a place in the world that you go and plant and share and, and develop a church, right? Uh, the gospel. So and sometimes we think, well, that happens over in Africa or China or other places that are that are a different uh, place. But when you think about it in every part of our lives, yet yeah, yes, overseas and here, we have to think like a missionary. What would you do if you were going to reach the people in this community? And and I love that you're you're just giving practical examples. And if you're listening and you have a desire to help uh, help support Jay, I'd encourage you to pray about that. Um, if you're okay. in the area. Of course, I know he doesn't want to ask for that, but I'm just saying right. it's important to pray for him and uh, and to pray for him daily and for his family. The enemy hates churches to be planted, and uh, the gospel is moving forward. Jesus said, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So I'm excited for you. I know that this is just the beginning. 
of what God is going to continue to do. But I think when you think about starting a new church, I think one 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 learning we've got today is 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 that you go to the area and you 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 not only share the gospel but you show it and how you live and how you love and how you impact people. So then when you start to gather and and actually have opportunities uh, when you're ready to go public, quote unquote, with your services and your full on church opportunity, you know, church discipleship and that sort of thing. Uh, it's not a shock. And it's, it's like you said, people say, man, I, I know some people there and they're real and they're, right. they're, they're here to help us. I, I love the, I, I love that you said, you know, what can we do to help? I mean, principals, uh, local, local leaders. I mean, they, they, they don't get asked the question, how can I help you? Usually it's, what can you do for me? So I love that posture. Yeah. And, and again, I don't want to drag this on too much. I just think that the, the biggest key here is understanding that, um, and and this is going to be a shocker, but you guys, I don't know if everybody knows this or not, but there are other countries who view the United States as an unreached people group and are sending missionaries here. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know, I don't know if that's if that's news to anybody, but like, it's not like we live in like the most evangelical. No, the reality is, is the 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 more and more our population grows, the more we see unreached and de-churched. Mm-hmm populations pockets uh rise up and uh if you do live in florida where we live um this was actually shocking to me you know i always yeah. i grew up around here but florida is becoming more and more unchurched and dechurched because it's being you know <laughs> people are moving here by the droves from other places so our culture is drastically changing and continually changing i mean you you mentioned this about where you live josh um you know understanding your context is you, how many people do you have moving in from other pa- places around the united states and even the world pretty much everywhere and i think orlando is similar like where you're at in that right. in that whole region but like we're you know, back in the day, they say here, you know, Josh, usually people came down 75, I 75, right. you know, more of the Midwest. And, you know, you had people from other places, but majority were from Indiana, Iowa, o- Ohio, Michigan, Minnesota, uh, you know, and beyond, right? Not just there, Kentucky, you know. Uh, but now, you know, I meet people almost every week. Hey, I'm from California. I'm from, uh, you know, I'm from, you know, I'm, I'm from Portland. Uh, I'm from Portland. Portland. I mean, everywhere. I mean, right. Canada. Uh, and, and many people are not just snowboarding. And if you're not sure what snowboarding is, uh, <laughs> I'm assuming everybody knows what it means. But if you don't, they, they leave during the winter to come down here to, to warm up and then go back when it gets too hot. They so right back. now we call, we call it high season down in Venice right now. So that means everybody's Absolutely. here. It takes forever to get anywhere because there's too many cars and so right. all the all the locals are always a little tiffy about it, you know that you know, everybody's in our way, and and then all the folks that are from everywhere else are like, "I live, this is paradise," you know, and we're like, right. "Yeah, we want to keep it that way," you know. So anyway, uh, but no, I, I read it. Someone told me today there's a, there's a few thousand, two two to three thousand people moving to uh, Florida a day. A day that could be a that could be a little off, but it was a it was like one to two thousand people a day. So that's the, so just let's think just, about let's that. Let's go on the bare. Let's go on the low end of that. And say it's a thousand, end. a thousand people a day moving to Florida. Yeah, we need churches. Well, and, and we're because where where, where those where the, where yeah. they're going to go, right? We're, and, we're, and, in, we're hopefully moving dirt on our land this next this next uh, few weeks, uh, Lord willing. But th- within ten mile radius, there's thirteen thousand five hundred homes being built. Right. I mean, and that's on top of what's already been built the last, you know, three, four, five years. So there's people that are coming here. Uh, and, and I'd probably say the majority of them 
and maybe some of them might consider themselves religious or they've been in church, but for people that are true disciples of Jesus that understand the gospel and really follow Jesus, you know, I'm not just talking about they believe there's a God, but they've really had a life changing. I, w- I would say it's a low percentage based off of the conversations I have. And so I look at it you know, as the, Jesus said, the fields are white with harvest. And he says, pray to the Lord of the harvest for workers to go and do the harvest. And so it's not a matter of do we need more buildings or we do or, or do we need more church plant teams just to have church plant teams? Yes, we need all those things. And buildings are fine. They're great tools, but that's not the goal of, of a church. Uh, whether you're portable or whether you have a place, praise God, you can you can meet. But at the end of the day, the goal of the church is the goal of Jesus's mission. And his mission is, you know, to make disciples of all the nations. And so the goal of the church isn't to just have a church. The goal of the church is to fulfill what Jesus said the church should be doing. And so it's it's not rocket science, but we have to remind ourselves daily, whether you're in Jay's shoes where you're planting a new work or you're part of an existing church, that every day I wake up, God has called me to join his mission of reaching people and loving people and making disciples of people to help them come to know Jesus and be changed by Jesus and then help them do the same. And it's not it's not always understood in that way. Church is just it's many people. Church is a place I go. Church is the time of the week. Uh, church is a Bible study. Church is, is 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 simplified to this programmatic place I go, time of the week, I check the box, and then I go back to my life. No, it's a literal following Jesus in every room of my life, that I am living on mission, following the Spirit of God. And that, that changes the way you live your life. Well, let's think about this, Josh. Some of the fastest growing churches in the world are those that are under extreme persecution, do not have a building, have to hide in order to go to church. Now, in order for them to be fastest growing, that means people are living missionally outside of their gatherings that they are meeting together, which are, by the way, secret. Um, Does that make sense? I mean, the fastest growing churches that we find are persecuted churches that can't actually identify as the church. They have to do it in secret and in hiding, which means they're living missionally. I just want to encourage people like look around your community. Uh, one of the one of the one of the questions I got often when I lived in Boston, I get it today still when I tell people I'm planning a church is they say, why are you planning a church? Why do we need more churches? And I look at them and I simply just say this, Josh. How many people do you know that are not connected to Jesus in the local church? They say, well, I know a lot. That's why. That's why. That's why we need more churches, more expressions of the gospel scattered around in order to help more people know and follow Jesus. That's what we're about. That's our heartbeat. So when I go into a community like Horizon West, when I go into a community where I see people, I'm looking and I see people who uh, may on the outside have it all together. They may have everything they're looking for. They may have life, whatever. But deep down inside, I know they know something's missing. And I just pray that God gives us the opportunity just the opportunity to have a gospel conversation, a good news conversation, a conversation that leads us to talking about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done in our life. Because every man, woman, and child needs to hear the gospel. Um, and when I look at an area like Horizon West, you talked about the houses being built. I called a lot of houses because we've been looking for a house and we're like, maybe we got to get one of these new ones that are being built. There's, the construction is everywhere. Every place I've called, I said, hey, I need a five bedroom home. I know that sounds obnoxious, but I have seven people in my home and we just need a little space. Okay. They can't all sleep in my bedroom with me and my wife. So I need a five bedroom home. And they all, without a doubt, they've all looked at me thus far and said, 
sorry, sir, we're completely sold out of those models. Mm -hmm. They're not even here. They're buying sight unseen, sold out. Mm -hmm. So the people I see in the community today are not the same people. I mean, they're, they're going to live there, but there are thousands upon thousands more that are moving into that community. And my prayer is that we would simply lay the groundwork, the foundation for a new church to be there that would partner with other like-minded churches, mm -hmm. but a new church that would be there to help more people know and follow Jesus. That's that's really at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. We don't need to overcomplicate it. Let's not overcomplicate it. But there is some strategy. There is some methods you can use. And I want to encourage uh, pastors, if you're listening and you're going, man, I, I, I'm i at an established church, and but I, I, I sense and I and I can understand this 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 desire and this energy, and maybe our church could mm -hmm. take on the mentality of a church plant. You know, maybe we can shift gears and turn that on. Um, and, and Josh, this is just my heartbeat to see the church, capital C, grow. I'd love to see if there's some way that you and I can partner with them and work with you. So if you're a pastor going, hey, I'd love to know, you know, maybe some strategies that we can put in place. Give a shout out to Josh and I. We'd love to chat with you. We both have talked through church planning. We worked with it. We've, uh, we're not pros by any means or know what we're talking about, but we really do want to see the local church take this, this heartbeat of living on mission. Every single person that attends your church to live on mission? What does it look like for them to live on mission in their neighborhoods, their workplaces, wherever they are? Because God didn't put you there by accident. You were there for a reason. So Josh, I just, I, I, I leave it with that. That's, that's really what it comes down to is the heartbeat there. It has to be the people, the people who need to know Jesus. That's why we plant churches. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, pull all the layers back. The reason we plant churches is so more people can know and follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. People spend eternity in two places heaven or hell. And it's a, it's a true reality. And I think we can't get beyond understanding that. So well said, thanks for sharing a little bit of your journey, Jay. I know we're going to, we'll have some more updates and yeah. uh, definitely if you're, if you're a, if you're a listener of the pod, the pastor pod, uh, once you add Jay and his family to your prayer list and, uh, uh thank you, know, you for I, that. I definitely think, uh, Jay, if they, if they want to find out more inf information about village point and how they can be praying for you, uh, where can they find that? Yeah, villagepoint.org. Uh, believe it or not, that website was available. Of all websites, villagepoint.org. Awesome, uh, so it's villagepoint without an E. Okay, we're not bougie. We don't have an E at the end of our point. Uh, it's V-I-L-L-A-G-E-P-O-I-N-T.org, villagepoint.org. You can go there. Follow us on social media. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things. If you're going to do anything for us, that would be great. Just give us a follow. Um, that helps the algorithms and stuff like that. You guys, I don't know if you know that or not, but that's part of it. Um, and then on our social media platforms, there's link there where you can you can learn more about everything that we're doing so um yeah villagepoint.org check it out um but josh i thank you for the opportunity to share and yeah this really is a heartbeat a passion of mine um i was a little bit tired today before the podcast but i'm leaving the podcast energized buddy uh you thank you for thank you for uh giving me some energy a uh, little afternoon uh pick me up uh just talking about something i'm really really passionate about um, but I want to thank all the listeners for being here and listening with us each and every week, trekking along with us on the Pastor Pod. We're in this new series, The Local Church. Today we started about starting a local church. Um, we're going to have some more topics within this idea of the local church in the weeks ahead. So uh, thanks for listening with us. Uh, if you can do anything for you, if your church is saying, hey, we'd love to talk through that, uh, Josh and I are here available. We're here to support local pastors. We'd love to be a part of that. You can reach out to us at thepastorpod at gmail.com. Uh, you can just uh, DM us on social media, on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, uh, whatever whatever means you're using there. We'll get back to you as soon as we can. Uh, but Josh, 
another good podcast. Love chatting with you, hanging out with you from Josh and myself here at the Pastor Pod. Have a great weekend. Hope to see you back next week.